This is the Minister's Crucible on the Prevailing Word podcast. I'm Fred Rochester. Thanks for listening. Preacher Secrets Exposed. We're going to cover basically five areas, and I know that perhaps this may be alarming, but it needs to be said. And there are false apostles that are running around. That's uh, category number one. The party's just getting started. The party of exposing false prophets. This has been going on for centuries, and it doesn't seem like it's going to end. They're all on social media. Paul speaks of uh, false apostles in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 13 through 15. For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into apostles of Christ. And no wonder, for Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also transform themselves into ministers of righteousness, whose end will be according to their works. With smooth words, claiming to be building inspectors uh, that can't build a credible case for being an apostle. Master builders wearing a mask to deceive the people, pun intended. Revelation chapter 2 and verse 2 says this, I know your works, said Jesus. Your, your labor, your patience, and that you cannot bear those who are evil. And you have tested those who say they are apostles and are not, and have found them liars. How do you test apostles? Well, this is easy. Test number one. The word apostle means sent. So the question has to be asked, where did the Lord send you? And the second question that you might want to tag on to that is, and what kind of fruit are you bearing? Romans chapter 15 verses 18 through 21 distinguishes how apostles are sent and where they are sent. For I will not dare to speak of any of those things which Christ has not accomplished through me in word and deed and to make the Gentiles obedient in mighty signs and wonders by the power of the Spirit of God, so that from Jerusalem and round about Illyricum I have fully preached the gospel of Christ. And so I have made it my aim to preach the gospel, not where Christ was named, lest I should build on another man's foundation. But as it is written, to whom he was not announced, they shall see, and those who have not heard shall understand. In Matthew chapter 7, verses 15 through 20, Jesus made mention of false prophets bearing bad fruit. He says this, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. 
And a good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruits, you will know them. Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 1 and 2, Am I not an apostle? Am I not free? Have I not seen Jesus Christ our Lord? Are you not my work in the Lord? If I am not an apostle to others, yet doubtless I am to you. For you are the seal of my apostleship in the Lord. What's your seal of apostleship? Um, And I'm not talking about a so-called bishop's coat of arms kind of seal. Test number two, build a church from scratch and replicate it in places where a church never existed, according to Romans chapter 15, verses 18 through 21. Test number three, no one today is the original apostles of the Lamb. Revelation chapter 21, verse 14 says this, Now the wall of the city had twelve foundations, And on them were the names of the 12 apostles of the Lamb. Test number four. Very few foundational apostles exist in the class of Paul that contributed to the writing of the New Testament. In 1 Corinthians chapter 9 verses 1 and 2, Paul says this, which we've read previously. Am I not an apostle? Am I not free? Have I not seen Jesus Christ our Lord? Are you not my work in the Lord? If I am not an apostle to others, yet doubtless I am to you. For you are the seal of my apostleship in the Lord. Test number five. Other apostles and prophets are in existence, and we know that they operate based on the text in Romans chapter 15, verses 18 through 21. And this happens to tie in with Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 and 20. Now, many apostles will use the word covering and doesn't uh, scripturally hold water. There's only one head of the church and he covers all. Now, as far as elders are concerned, which are pastors, uh, which can be uh, shepherds or under shepherds, as we would say, Peter says this in 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 1 through 7. The elders who are among you I exhort, I who am a fellow elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ and also a partaker of the glory which will be revealed. Shepherd the flock of God which is among you, serving as overseers, not by compulsion but willingly not for dishonest gain, but eagerly, nor as being lords over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that does not fade away. Likewise, you younger people submit yourselves to your elders. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility. For God resists the proud, but gives grace 
to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. False ministers are hirelings seeking to take advantage of the flock of God. And the reference for hireling is found in John chapter 10. Anyone claiming a title and fail to function in accordance with these scriptures is a false minister, masquerading as an angel of light, just like Satan. They'll also use Ephesians chapter 2 verses 9 through 22 and uh, Ephesians chapter 3 verses 5 through 7, 1 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 28 to establish apostolic authority to make you believe you need to be under them apart from Romans chapter 15 verses 18 through 21. Don't fall for it. Put them to the test. If they were real, they'll pass the test. Category number two, fake news prophets. Is it the prophet's fault if the Lord chooses not to tell a single prophet? Now, we all know that COVID took place, but there was no alarm being sounded from the prophets. Here in 2 Kings chapter 4 and verse 27, we see the prophet Elisha, and uh, here's a portion of the story from that text. Now, when she came to the man of God at the hill, she caught him by the feet. But, but Gehazi came near to push her away. But the man of God said, let her alone, for her soul is in deep distress, and the Lord has hidden it from me and has not told me. This is a clear indication that there are things that the Lord will withhold from the prophets and seek as they may. If the Lord withholds something, you will never know until it comes to pass. And it is possible that the Lord withheld knowledge about covid and did not sound the alarm, and so we were uh, caught off guard in the sense. Now, I'm not a prophet, nor am I an apostle, but one thing I do know is that when you have the Word of God and you hear from the Spirit of God, you can hear. The Bible tells us in the book of John that uh, the Holy Spirit will show us things to come. So uh, if we seek the face of God, he'll show us things to come. But we got to understand something here and that God is sovereign and he can do whatever he wish. And if he withheld information about COVID or anything, who am I to say that God did us wrong? We need to learn how to live in the fact that God is sovereign and he can do as he wish. In Amos chapter 2, verses 11 and 12, we find these words, I raised up some of your sons as prophets and some of your young men as Nazarites. And if you don't know what a Nazarite is, the city of Nazarite, uh, the city in, uh, of Nazareth, I should say, was a place where men would come and consecrate themselves. Uh, Samson was one of those individuals who became a prophet of God. And, uh, and uh, he, uh, of course, ran into sexual immorality, but he did not cut his hair. He took the vow of, of a Nazarite. This is found in the book of Deuteronomy, if you want to look up that reference. Says the Lord, but you gave the Nazarites wine to drink and commanded the prophets, saying, do not prophesy. 
And so there is also another possibility that the Lord spoke to the prophets, but he told them not to prophesy. So that is possible as well. In Amos chapter 3, verses 2 through 8, we find these words. You only have I known of all the families of the earth. Therefore, I will punish you for all your iniquities. Can two walk together unless they are agreed? Will a lion roar in the forest when he has no prey? Will a young lion cry out of his den if he has caught nothing? Will a bird fall into a snare on the earth where there is no trap for it? Will a snare spring up from the earth if it has caught nothing at all? If a trumpet is blown in a city, will not the people be afraid? If there's a calamity in a city, will not the Lord have done it? Surely the Lord God does nothing unless he reveals his secret to his servants, the prophets. A lion has roared. Who will not fear? The Lord God has spoken. Who can but prophesy? Now look at at this in the total context of how God works with prophets. There will be times when God will say nothing. We saw that in uh, 2 Kings chapter 4 and verse 27 where he will hide things from the prophet. And then there's Amos chapter 2 verses 11 and 12 where we see that God can command a prophet not to say anything. And then we see here in Amos chapter 3 and verse 2 that God will reveal his secrets to his servants, the prophets. And so uh, who can but prophesy? So let's take the total context of this and not just isolate one uh, uh, text and say God is God can't move and God got to use a prophet and God got to tell a prophet. Well, we've just seen two examples where God hid something from Elisha and God commanded the prophets do not prophesy. So let's study the whole context and not just isolate one text for our own personal gain. So when God chooses to keep silent, the mouths of the prophets, that's why. But when false prophets emerge after the fact, we know who's real and who's fake news prophets. Now, standing watch. Let me pause and, and talk about this as an example. I served in the Navy a few years ago, uh, several decades ago. Uh, we stood watch. As a radar operator and watch supervisor, it was my job to alert the officer of the deck of all contacts, contacts of ships that are detected by radar. And so in this place called CIC, which is Combat Information Center, this is where we would compute in a very quick fashion uh, the ship's course, speed, closest point of approach, possibly depending upon the sensors of the ship and uh, certain uh, other uh, information not privy to people. Uh, We might be able to tell based on sensors what type of ship it may be. We are also uh, we also give the officer of the deck the target angle and other pertinent information. As a watch supervisor, if I fail to alert the officer of the deck, I'm negligent. If I'm tracking a ship or a contact, that's what a ship is, and I say nothing, lives are at stake. Now that I've gotten your attention, Ezekiel 3 verses 16 through 21 says this. 
Now it came to pass at the end of seven days that the Lord, uh, the word of the Lord came to me saying, Son of man, I have made you a watchman for the house of Israel. Therefore hear a word from my mouth and give them warning from me. When I say to the wicked, you shall surely die and give him no warning nor speak to warn the wicked from his wicked way to save his life, that same wicked man shall die in his iniquity. Now, of course, when we read in this verse of scripture, can we apply this to a certain events that have transpired in our lifetime? Uh, this is only regarding the fact that God warns the wicked of their death and that when the Lord tells us to warn the wicked, it's done by, uh, by a word from the Lord. Obviously, in the Old Testament, uh, you know, there, the word of the Lord came direct from, from the Lord. But we have a more sure word of prophecy, and it's given to us in 66 books, 39 old, 27 new. And so we ought to preach the gospel to the wicked each and every opportunity that we get. But reading continuously in uh, the book of Ezekiel, but his blood I will require at your hand. Yet if you warn the wicked and he does not turn from his wickedness, nor from his wicked way, he shall die in his iniquity. But you have delivered your soul. Again, when a righteous man turns from his righteousness and commits iniquity, and I lay a stumbling block before him, he shall die, because you did not give him warning. He shall die in his sin, and his righteousness, which he has done, shall not be remembered. But his blood I will require at your hand. Nevertheless, if you warn the righteous man that the righteous should not sin, and he does not sin, he shall surely live because he took warning. Also, you will have delivered your soul. So go ahead and spare your cry. When we all could have said something, we chose to say nothing. Sightless and speechless prophets are false prophets. But when you can't put scripture to what is questionable spiritual words, chances are it remains highly suspect. God was silent on COVID, just like the 400 years of silence between the Testaments. But the false prophets started coming out of the woodworks just in time to reveal that they were all crooked anyway. Category number three, pastoral sex scandals. 60 years ago, a pastor is exposed as a, as a pedophile. 60 years later, the son of the same pastor is in a sexual immoral scandal. 60 years later, staff members of this global reach church is embroiled in their own sexual scandals. What gives? Well, they happen to be tares among wheat. They've crept in unnoticed. After changing their brand name and producing great worship music, they've been accepted as another branch of Christianity. The brand name of worship is in the most mainstream of houses of worship. Now, this is not to say that perhaps, just perhaps, 
some of them genuinely got saved and got caught up. But you have to notice that when you're preaching false doctrine and teaching false doctrine, along with great music, uh, great worship music, uh, then you have to really pay attention to see whether or not the leaders, not necessarily the sheep, but the leaders are tares among wheat. Among wheat. Uh, there are false prophets and false pastors and false apostles. Uh, they are not good trees, but bad trees yielding bad fruit. After changing their brand name and producing great worship music, they've been accepted as another mainstream branch of Christianity. The brand name of worship is in most mainstream houses of worship. Demonic infiltration and invasion is what took place. The whole world received them until uh, in New York City, a scandal breaks out. Tears among wheat. The false among the true to make the true look false. But even worse, the seed of scandals is planted. It won't be long until we hear of another scandal. Another so-called great man of God fall into sexual sin. Category number four, unbiblical worship encounters and experiences expectations. Contemporary, up-to-date worship music to get you into the quote-unquote mood. Current relevant speaking, no preaching with Holy Spirit conviction of sin. Just give me great music, soothe my soul, and preach me happy. A godless church in a godless society. Exactly what sinners expect. John chapter 4 verse 24 and 2 Timothy chapter 4 verses 2 through 4 rebukes worship encounter experience expectations. And then you have mentors masquerading as preachers. Church coaches, church mentors, church motivators. They always tell you about visions, dreams, destiny, gifts, talents, and your purpose. All the earmarks of popular topics in the modern liberal church that's deficient and self-serving. Desiring to be accomplished, polished, and purpose-driven. Christ's disciples outshines them all, seeking only to please him. Perhaps you need to read John chapter 8, verse 29, and Hebrews chapter 11, verses 5 and 6. And by the way, you can't teach Hebrews 5, 6, uh, chapter 11, verses uh, 6, without teaching Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 5. Otherwise, you are missing it. Everything you need is in Christ and unleashed when you do John chapter 14, verse 15, Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33, and 1 John chapter 5 and verse 3. The born-again believer is to abstain from sin, walk in holiness, be holy and do righteousness. Be on the guard for these false apostles, prophets, pastors, and teachers. 
be on the lookout for them because they are popping up everywhere just as Jesus warned us. And the apostles of the Lamb warned us of these same things. If we do not pay attention, a lot of people will lose, will walk out and leave their first love. They will abandon the Lord because they were duped into believing that false apostle, that false that false prophet, that false pastor and teachers. You can guess there are false evangelists around. They might as well put that into the equation too because they evangelize to make disciples after themselves. In fact, Jesus mentioned this in Matthew chapter 23 that they make proselytes and when they find them, they're, they're more of a child of hell and worse of a child of hell than those who taught them. So be on the lookout, pay attention, because they're popping up everywhere. This is a Minister's Crucible on the Prevailing Word podcast channel. I'm Fred Rochester. Thanks for listening.